Thank you for joining us. This is The Chris Oldcorn Show, and I am Chris Oldcorn. First up, we now have new numbers for the Algoma region. We also have our ninth case, positive case of COVID-19. So we have now tested 603 people. We're waiting on the results for 212 of those tests, and we have nine positive cases. Now, this is what we know about the ninth case. First off, the family health team in Elliott Lake let the public know that they now have a third case of COVID-19 in Elliott Lake. Elliott Lake is the only place that's actually warning their residents if there is someone with COVID-19 in the community. This is what we know about this individual. They're 40, in their 40s, they're female. They were on that flight from London, UK that we mentioned before with another case. Uh, and they have close contact with that individual as well. Uh, and they are presently self-isolating. So if you were on Air Canada Flight AC869, uh, you are to contact the local public health unit or the flight from Toronto to Sudbury, which is AC8611. So both those flights are in Canada. So if you were on the London UK to Toronto, it's AC869. If you're on the one from Toronto to Sudbury, it's AC8611. Now, we are a border town, and unfortunately, on the other side of the border is Michigan, who has more positive cases of COVID-19 than the rest, than all of Canada does. They also have triple the deaths from COVID-19 than all of Canada does. This has prompted the local hospitals on the Canadian side to institute measures to protect their staff and patients. Many people who work in the healthcare field, whether they live in Windsor or they live in Sault Ste. Marie, will work on both sides of the border or work on the other side of the border while living in the other country. For example, uh, about 20% of the registered nurses at War Memorial Hospital actually live on the Canadian side of the border. So what they have done is uh, both Surrey Hospital and War Memorial have said, okay, you have to pick which hospital you want to work for. You can't work for both. Uh, this affects about 15 uh, staff members at Suiri Hospital, and it affects about 30 registered nurses at War Memorial. Going forward, uh, those individuals have either chosen to work in Canada or chosen to work in the States, but they will not be working in both hospitals. Um, and then going forward, that will be the policy until we are past COVID-19 and some of the health restrictions will be lifted. Now, what else is also changing uh, during COVID-19 is how our food is made. Now, some uh, groceries and household products, their demand is up 400%, 400%. I'm guessing toilet paper is one of the ones with the 400% increase. So are things like hand soap, uh, hand sanitizer. People are buying bread off the shelf as soon as it comes in and throwing it in their freezers. Uh, same with meat. I mean, I still go to the grocery store and I'll see stuff that's just completely sold out. So what the manufacturers have done, and this is kind of smart, is that they are just producing their most basic uh, items and they're able to do that in a greater uh, quantity than if they were kept changing their production lines uh, from one product to another. So for example, uh, in Ontario, there's a company called Itel Pasta. Normally they make 63 different types of pasta. I didn't even know there were 63 types of pasta, but apparently there is. Right now they have uh, pared that down to just six different types of pasta and their spaghetti line is just running 24 seven as fast as possible. 
Now, normally when they would switch from one type of pasta to another type of pasta, it would take them at least three hours to change the molds on the lines to do that. By pairing it down to just six types of pasta instead of 63, they're not doing those switches uh, as often because of they're just doing the six. So it allows them a lot more time to actually make pasta during this time period. Uh, there's another company here in Ontario that makes pasta sauce. They normally make uh, 12 different kinds. They've pared it down to three uh, because across the board, it's just easier for them to do that. Uh, one of the toilet uh, paper manufacturers used to have five different uh, package sizes that you could buy based on the number of rolls in them. And now they just have two. And I heard of one manufacturer that's just doing one size for toilet paper for the time being. Um, we'll be right back after this break. And welcome back. Uh, this next story is heartbreaking. Um, it has to do with the Pinecrest Nursing Home in Bob Cajun that I've been talking about where there's an outbreak in the long-term care home there. Uh, it has about 65 total residents. Now, that, uh, uh, as of yesterday, 23 had passed away. It just came out today that this nursing home had 16 people die before they started to separate the sick from the healthy. They, for two weeks, they had declared that there was a respiratory outbreak in this nursing home. And they did nothing about it. They left the sick people in a room with a healthy person. They didn't separate them at all. And the only reason that they ended up separating them, uh, this is Sarah Gardner. She's uh, worked there for 12 years at the Pinecrest Nursing Home in Bob Cajun. She said, the reason we actually have space now is because we've lost residents. So those 65 people that they were in their care to look after, it took 16 of them to die so that they could be able to isolate people from the healthy and the sick away from each other. I, like over a third of the people in this nursing home have passed away. And it took 16 of them before they even started to actually quarantine people. I, I am completely amazed at the complete and utter lack of any kind of, it, it's amazing to me, I, I, I'm speechless. 16 people have to die before, and you're two weeks into, a respiratory outbreak that's already been declared and then you finally start separating people and the only reason you can separate them now is because you have more space? Was there not some way of you know, taking, let's say, the people who were ill and maybe moving them to an off-site location? Like, is there nothing they could have done? I, I, I just, I don't believe it. I, it. Like, there's no excuse for that in a modern country like Canada. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Anyways, now on to our Ontario numbers for the day. Uh, we now have 4,726 people who have COVID-19. Uh, that's up by 379 people. Uh, now that's a little bit higher than yesterday, but still not as high as last Friday when we had 426 new cases. 153 people have died of COVID-19 now in Ontario. That's about 3.2% of all the people who've contracted COVID-19 have passed away here in Ontario. We're now, we've now tested basically 81,000 people. 
Uh, we're waiting for the results on about 691. Now, of the people who are positive for COVID-19, 614 of them are in the hospital with 233 in the ICU and 187 on the ventilators. Now, the ventilators is what you're seeing all across the news that people are trying to find. It's good that we only have 187 on ventilators, which means we, we have a good supply of ventilators for the next little while anyways, assuming there's not a massive spike. And in other news, uh, speaking of seniors and passing away and so on, uh, the lawyers are now seeing a real uptick for people who are looking for wills, uh, their estate planning, and also living wills, power attorneys, that sort of thing. Um, we have seen a massive spike uh, across the province and across Canada in people looking for those um, legal documents. Uh, basically, people have realized that they can't procrastinate on this any longer and that if they do get sick, they'll get sick, they could die very quickly, and they need to be able to have things set up so it's not um, an issue for their family and friends uh, when they die in terms of infighting between family over money or houses and, and heirlooms and things like that. And also, the, with COVID-19, it's very important to have a, what's called a living will. Uh, for those of you who don't know what a living will is, a living will is basically you're still alive, but you can't make decisions. So, for example, you designate one person, uh, and that person then makes your medical and your financial decisions. That also includes things such as, you know, at what point do you not resuscitate someone, uh, depending on how ill they've become. You know, are they capable of recovering or are they just on a breathing machine? Nothing's going to happen and someone has to make a decision. That's what a living will is. Basically, uh, you're, it's a surrogate for making decisions for both your health and your financial well-being. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that in most cases, the way a living will works is the person has to physically be there to make the decision. Now, with hospitals restricting access, this is becoming an issue because people aren't allowed visitors. Even when someone's at the point where they're almost dying or in the process of dying, they're still not allowed visitors. People are saying goodbye on the phone and not in person right now. Well, most living wills, um, when you become the surrogate, you have to tell the doctor in person. So they're now looking at ways of sort of putting, you know, a modifying the living wills so that you can also make the decision over the phone, by email, or on a video conference, for example, let's say Skype or Zoom. That is now being looked at as an option because they don't want people going into the hospital and obviously the people who are the most sick are the ones that need the most decisions made in terms of what they're going to do medically about that individual. We'll be right back. Thank you for joining me on the Chris Oldcorn Show. I'm Chris Oldcorn. You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Chris Oldcorn. If you would like to hear the audio version of this program, you can download the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts as well, as well as a few other podcast networks. We will be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. on the special report. Have a great evening. Good night.